0: Welcome back to the Kevin and Cassie Show. I'm your host, Cassie, along with my dad here, Kevin. So, in today's episode, we are going to be looking at my dad, Kevin here. That's me, Marathon Man. Marathon Man. We are going to just talk a little bit about his story, how he got to where he is today, how, why he's so psychotic, um, and just a little bit about him. So, I'll give a a brief synopsis on your life. I'm sure uh, I'll, your
1: bio, by Cassie. I'm sure Bi- I'll
0: miss something. But is just, this
1: objective history or is this Cassie
2: history?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna try to give facts, but I'm sure I'll miss oh, stuff.
2: Yeah, facts.
0: So my dad was born in Pennsylvania. Is that wrong? <laughs> oh, no,
2: he's
1: born a poor child from Levittown.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was born in Levittown, grew up there. He is the youngest of four. There's four siblings: mm-hmm. uh, two brothers and one sister. Grew up in Levittown um, in high school. Started running track, running cross country. Then he went to Temple Ambler. Well, he joined the Marines. Got kicked out of boot camp. Yeah. Then he went to Temple Ambler. Then he met my mom. They got married at 22. Then they proceeded to have babies until Butters. age 26. And that's when I was born. and I'm the youngest. Um, and then we lived in New Jersey at the time. My dad became a youth pastor a little tidbit about him Uh, so then he was a youth pastor for about 10 years and then when i was in second grade we moved to jamison pennsylvania which is where we live now um and then my dad went back to college to become a teacher then he got his degree from temple then didn't want to be a teacher started working at the y worked at the y in various positions there for 15 years um and then two years ago I guess almost three years ago, left the Y to start his own business mm-hmm. and has been an entrepreneur.
1: Entrepreneur.
0: Ever since, um, he is a proud dog dad.
1: Yes, yes. Not yes. a
0: proud cat dad.
1: I like the cats.
0: And they're
1: fun. I like Stanley.
0: Sometimes, probably a proud regular dad, depending on, on the day. day. <laughs> okay, so dad, let's yes.
1: daughter. Yes, let's go. Let's make it happen. Yes. Oh
0: my god, the drama. Let's
1: go. Why are you level one thousand and fifty? Okay, so
0: first we'll just touch on your childhood a little bit. So, what was it like growing up the youngest sibling? Did you enjoy it?
1: I don't know. How do you not enjoy it? I don't know anything different. <laughs> you know, you're just popping this world like you got three siblings. Um yeah, it was fun. I mean, we grew up in Levittown. it was cool, you don't know any better. We had a great neighborhood, friends up the street you grew up with. We all grew up together. Um, I don't think you have that anymore around in these neighborhoods. But, you know, we'd be out all day to dark, running, whatever, you know, playing basketball, football, running, you know. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, it was fun.
0: And then you went to high school. You ran track there. Were you a cool kid in high school?
1: Well, what do you think? All right. Actually, I started running track in middle school in sixth grade or seventh grade. I don't remember because I sucked at everything else. All right. Um, I was good on the driveway and hoops, but never really played, like, organized basketball. My father wasn't, like, a basketball guy. Um, played soccer, um, for the Catholics growing up. I was, I guess I was okay. I don't know. Um, and I went off a track and you could run and I guess I was okay. You know, I mean the high middle school I went to for sixth, seventh, eighth grade didn't have a track. So we just kind of ran on cement. That's why if I don't mind running it my way, you know, so much. Um, but yeah, then we went to high school and I played football in ninth grade, which I liked, but I don't know why I didn't play in 10th grade, but then I joined cross country. Um, so was I a cool kid? If you're running cross-country, and no offense to everyone I've ever coached in cross-country, you're not the cool kid. All <laughs> right. You know, in the in the cross, in the, the short shorts back in the day. You know, whatever. More, like, I mean, cool you cool and you fresh. Just, you know what? Yeah. The only people that come cross-country meet through your moms and grandmoms. You know, like, <laughs> you know, there's no Friday Night Lights on the cross-country meet.
0: So anyone that might meet you might be surprised to know that there's some um, ADHD running through those veins. Oh, a lot of
1: ADHD, but who knew back then, right? I mean, like, you were like, Yeah, whatever. so
0: what was that, like, now, I guess, as an adult, like, do you have any... ADHD? No, I don't know, like, do you have any, I guess, like, ill feelings just towards, like, the public school system or, like, oh, anything that? I think death? the public
1: school system failed me in terms of... Um, and I'm sure it's different now And it may have been different I don't know They just kind of like Passed you along mm-hmm. You know um, I mean They couldn't figure out I don't know how to spell or add You know Like for all this I mean seriously I can't spell or add Alright Like and no one could figure this one out And I still graduated high school You know like Hello You know Thank God for like I don't know I still get the damn spell check wrong Alright Cause I'm assuming <laughs> it's right You know <laughs> You know um, That kind of stuff I mean you know, the only
0: person to have grammar, I and mean, still get
1: it wrong. Still get it wrong, you know, like, um, but no, I mean, I don't know, like, nouns and pronouns. I, I don't know. Because yeah. I never, I don't say I never learned it, or they didn't care. Or I think maybe in elementary school they did. I know in junior high, I'm sure the shit didn't. Mm. By the time you get to high school, 10th, 11th, 12th, um, I turned the corner and cared more about social than I did, you know, anything else. And I guess I did enough to get the pass. But back then, when you were in the special ed classes, it was kind of like they passed you.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, um whatever it is what it is didn't have to take like the psaa's or whatever those standardized tests are because i was exempt yeah you know I um yeah so but it is what it is yeah i don't know then i went you know school
0: yeah so and i mean i think this kind of leads into then you went to join the marines
1: yeah so i graduated with no plan no nothing and the recruiter called on saturday and i actually thought it was my grandfather all right and oh, was. um i was in Levittown. i had a girlfriend i had no clue so yeah i joined the marines Sounds like a good time
0: you you, know. what did dolores say that's my grandmother who's jesus
1: christ kevin what are you doing i can't believe this i go away for a weekend and you join the <laughs> marines and like oh my god try slam the door kick the cat whatever it's
0: a very accurate representation uh. of my mom
1: <laughs> you know like i'm sure my father was like thank you jesus get this jackass out of the house all right but It was what it was, yeah. I mean, um, I always have a rebellious side. I mean, I graduated high school. Uh, We moved to Central Bucks from Lower Bucks. I had a girlfriend, didn't want to move. I don't know. It was a very just stressful time. I wound up moving out of the house. I wasn't going away to, I don't even know when the hell I went away. October, I moved out in June.
0: Mm -hmm. So, So you made it through almost through most of boot camp, and then you had already, how did you hurt your shoulder the first time? You pushed into a locker? is that your phone
1: no no i got into a fight in high school (laughs) over a girl all right um and being like the string being that i was like i was like 175 pounds i hit the kid and he fell believe it or not if i'm I'm remembering this right okay (laughs) and i thought i was like one and done i thought i was rocky right in the day and he just pushed me into a locker door and it hit my shoulder and it separated my shoulder (laughs) oh yeah and then i never let it heal right because that's what you didn't do. You took the bandages off and you went. Yeah. So I was just in the Marines and it just, it rolled out.
0: Yeah. And then they kicked you out.
1: Yeah. They're like, you need to go. All yeah. right. And I was like, okay.
0: So then you got your big surgery after that? Yes. That's where the big scar is that's from now? the big
1: scars. but it's not from the knife. <laughs>
0: the I believe that fight. for a very long time. He told us like all growing up that he got into some sort of like knife fight. And that's why there was this like big, like in between like his shoulder and his arm is like. Or a collarbone. It's just all Scar. And I we, I really believed that growing up. So I also believed his name was Kevineth for a long time. So my uncle's name is Kenneth. And so that was, yeah, I guess, I a big jokester the that they...
1: Central Bucks education.
0: <laughs> that they played. Okay, so then we graduated. Yep. Then we're going back to the college. Then you become a frat star.
1: I was a fraternity star. Talk no.
0: to us about the frat star life.
1: Uh, yeah, because I sucked at school. I'm um, not sure how I got in Temple. I have no idea how that happened. All right, seriously.
0: Maybe Lori Laughlin paid you. ass. Maybe, uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe, or
1: I don't know. I was not matriculated. Whatever it was, somehow, you're honest to God, I just walked into Temple University and I was taking classes. All right. Um, not matriculated. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, I was there. I got somehow beat the system because I can hustle. All right. I'm at Temple. I, have, I go to class. Can't spell, can't write, can't add. You know, like, I have no idea what there's t- papers. I mean, you're talking word perfect in the day. So there was no, like, maybe there was, um, but then I joined a fraternity and it was just all drinking and stuff. And that was right up my aisle. You know, like I had broken up with a longtime girlfriend. She cheated. So I was all about like the use and the abuse and like, let's go. Um, I got an award for like being like party chairman of the year. I mean, I threw some kick butt parties. All right.
0: But there's some life skills that we need. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. But no, but um yeah, I was horrible. I think my GPA was like one point seven or something. I was that bad.
0: So then like is there anything now like looking back like during that time that either like you like learned and like taken with you all these years or have you just kind of like written off those
1: I mean I learned how to throw like organized party and motivate people. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do that well. You know? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I can't regret. I don't regret anything. I'll yeah, it. no, I not can't believe, regrets. Like, yeah. My parents and you shouldn't do that. I mean, that was their dollar. I mean, like, yeah. the other ones are regret being like, can't believe that dumbass, like, we paid for that mess, you know, yeah. but there was nothing um, I can do about it. I mean, I guess the takeaway was I knew how to, I learned a lot of life skills with people mm-hmm. motivate, organize, um, big personality, you know, then. And I think, you know, as you get older, it's, I've had to remind people, like, yeah, I know how to run a business. Yes, I've run a million dollar budgets yeah you know when i was at the y7 million though i know it's not just all fun and games the party mm-hmm. here like even though i can't spell i can still make the money you know like i can still yeah. do whatever so i guess i'll take away there just
0: yeah you know. no absolutely so then this you know you're still in college and then you meet mother at i guess you're 22 long or like maybe twenties, 21 whatever yeah then You got married. So, talk to me about being like married at 22, the youngest sibling, married first.
1: Uh, I never thought about that because, you know, my sister's older. I don't know if she'll be hearing this. I don't know what that deal was, or the brother, or my other brother was in school with us, but he's still like, I think he took like 20 years to graduate. You know, he met um, your aunt before us. Um, I don't know. It just is what I wanted. It's what we did. You know, I already failed out. So, I was working full time over here in Warminster, you know, trying to go back to school, but. You know, um, taking one class here and there, but so it just seemed right, you know, like let's get yeah. married, let's move out. My parents got married young, so I just didn't see an issue
2: mm-hmm. with
1: it. I mean, we were brokeish, whatever, but making the rent. I mean, it was what it was. You know, I was paying for stuff for your mom and your brother anyway, so I figured I might as well, like, might as well move in. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't really think about it with my siblings or anything like that. it just what it was, this is what I wanted. And my parents had moved to California. So it wasn't like I had to deal with their like stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't thought. So I guess to that point. So by the time you're 26, which like I was just find so crazy because all of my other siblings besides me are 26 or beyond, and like you were already done having kids by then. And yep. again, I'm 24 and nowhere near a place of even thinking about kids. So I mean, obviously at the time, okay, it's just like what you guys did, but like, well, I have two questions. One is like. Like, what, like, is there anything big that you were just, like, holy shit, like, we are, this is happening right now? Or, like, was it really just, like, you were just trying to, like, live each day and just, like, get through each day?
1: Uh, Yeah, just trying to live through each day. This was your life. You're in your life. You have four kids. You're in your life. You know, um, you're negotiating the electric bill. You're not making any money. You know, um, you know, as long as you got food. You know, you're trying to do your thing, play Batman. You had cable. You didn't have cable. You had cable. You didn't have cable. You know, the cable wasn't as big now. You know, it was There was no internet in the day, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you negotiate with the bank so your car doesn't get repossessed.
0: Yeah, I'd like to talk about being Poe. Poe?
1: Po? We, were, we weren't we even poor. We couldn't afford the L and the R, I like to say. All <laughs> right? We were Poe. Not yeah. pro and proud. All right? That's and stupid, but... That's your favorite joke. It is my favorite <laughs> joke. All right? I'm just saying. Just, I mean, whatever. We start with that. Okay,
0: so, so we were Poe, and we lived in Burlington, New Jersey. Burl. Which... Was the core of South Jersey. If, like, that... And Brown City. Any, Brown city. Yeah, it was in the city. Like, if any of these words are indication to anybody, like... Yeah, that's right. Po. So, yeah, I mean, you've, like, joked that you, like, tried to put layaway... Or, like, $5 stuff on, on layaway. layaway yeah. Like, negotiating, with whatever. Like, trying to make rent. Like, anything that you were like, how did we get away with that? Or...
1: I mean, we never went hungry. Um... I mean, Christmases, we pulled off, like, with that. I worked at Caldor, of all places, in Bristol. Had to get a job, because I was working at a church, and they didn't pay me. Um, and, yeah, that's when the things were on clearance, and I was like, I don't got no money. And layaway was a thing, you know, where you can put people who don't know what layaway is. You put it in the back room of the storage, and you make pay payments on it. And um, it was 90% off, and I got, like, 10% employees. They're like, it's a dollar. You can't put this on layaway. When I was like, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, things like that, like, we just never went for it, just, you know, I don't know how we pulled off that stage of our lives, you know, without
0: I mean, you know, going bankrupt.
1: I mean, literally, like, yeah.
0: Well, I think it's like, I mean, obviously, you never want to be that poor, and you would never want, like, your kid to be that poor, but do you think that there's, like, certain things that you, have like, still carried with you, or, like, things you've learned during that time that, like, a lot of people probably never have to experience. your hands.
1: sure i don't think people appreciate it a lot of times what the struggle is mm-hmm. you know and that's not a knock i mean they, they graduate college they get jobs they get married they buy the minivan they buy their first townhouse, you know or whatever and god bless them or like they don't have to worry about or they have the 2.5 children with the puppy and yeah you know on the biggest struggle is if you're going to play golf or you're going to do this and it's like oh we're you know we barely make it or i don't know if they're living in debt you know that's the one thing like we were like up their ass in debt um and we're basically debt free now except for a car payment and a house payment you mm-hmm. know and my student loans which will take forever but that's like whatever debt um, yeah i don't know i don't know if people appreciate the, the struggle and i think everyone should got like have anything bad happen to but i feel like you don't you appreciate the struggle of what it's what it cost or you don't sure like oh can we buy groceries today? Mm-hmm. We're well, buying them on a credit card, knowing man I'm paying for these groceries for the next twenty years. Yeah, but you got to buy formula. You need to buy these things, or you're scheduling a pizza party for youth group so you can have dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the struggle, and be like the struggle is real. Like you don't know what the struggle is, <laughs> especially around. I mean, I love my area. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like i ain't no struggle. Mm-hmm. All right, like oh you know.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's definitely funny. I mean, I definitely out of all the siblings have lived the most here in Bucks no, County, so it, yeah. I've yeah. definitely experienced but yeah i have definitely experienced the less. but i will say that like and i say this to my mom and my sister all the time like i mean literally just small things of like looking at coupons or like shopping at like marshall you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and again those are still like very privileged things but i just think again like things that a lot of people don't even like think about Mm -hmm. and just ways that you know like we were you know brought up or look at the knockoff brand to see, you know, what it is. And I think, you know, definitely at some point, I think I was, like, probably, like, annoying. I'm, like, 12. and I'm, like, oh, I can't ask for this. And, like, obviously, like, we had money then. But I don't know. I just sometimes I think growing up, like, at the time, I was, like, oh, this is, like, kind of annoying that I feel this way. But now I'm, like, well, I would have rather, like, been aware of money. And right. so many people that just are, like, mom, I need 20 bucks. Mom, I need 50 bucks. Dad, I need 30, 30 bucks. And, like, they're unaware of, like, what their parents had to do to actually
1: mm-hmm. I don't that not against. People, I just think it's like no, you know, but I uh, think
0: it's. I mean, better I mean, is not the right way, but I think you just have more of like a view, I guess. Yeah. Um. All right, now we can dive into preacher Kev, heavy Kev, Rev Kev, Rev Kev. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, yeah, talk to us about that. Um,
1: I became a youth pastor. I don't even know when. Oh God, I don't know, ninety something, I guess. Uh, that Burlington, New Jersey. I started as an intern, built a youth group up. Um, the struggle there was for some reason they didn't feel the need to pay. Um, you know, that's a whole different, you wanna talk about that. And, you know, that's when we were really poor and they they had the money, they didn't do it, but whatever. Built the youth group up, still talk a lot. They're not kids, got somewhere in their forties, you know, at this point. Um, but that was a great time because I got to be home. I worked from home a lot. Yeah. You know, like I was home when you guys came home from school Well, you were just little, you know, uh, and your brothers and stuff. You know, their school was up the street. It was a great time. I mean, yes, it was a struggle, but the school was like 200, 400 meters away. If that, you know, I picked it. I was joking with your siblings. We picked them up for, for lunch. You could take them back. Um, the community would come out to watch the basketball games, you know, so I, I can't complain. We had the youth group over a lot. I mean, we bought a house down the street from where we lived,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, when we finally did make some, you know, we were making a little bit. So um, what was
0: like your initial desire, though, to become? I pastor? liked working
1: with kids. Um, and I felt a presence at a youth camp saying, you should be doing this mm. in the church, you know? Um, and so I always felt geared toward that. And when the opportunity arose, it just, it felt right. Yeah. You know, to do it. Now, I think the place where I was at was probably the wrong place to do it, you know, because that's the church dad on the short is now was just looked at that as like, Oh, you're just like, you should be starving,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because, um, you're the youth, you're not the real pastor. You're like the youth pastor, you know? And it's yeah. like, whatever. But, um, it was nineties.
0: Would you ever see yourself going back into the church? Yeah,
1: I think about it sometimes. Um, mm, it would have to be like a really right situation. And tr- I would never take another dime to work at the church. Yeah, never. Yeah. I would never because they—that's the job then, which is fine. That's the thing about the hypocrisy. Of I think we're working for a church, and any my pastor friends who hear this, you know, whatever. Um, when you work for the church and you're taking money, it's a job. Call it what it is. It's a job. It's mm-hmm. the whole like working for the Lord. Yeah. Okay. It's a job. You know, you pay taxes, it's a job to feed your family. You know, and you should you should treat it like it, you know, out of respect and they should and your board or whatever should treat you like that too. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, yeah. you shouldn't
1: have to work eighty hours like a dog. They shouldn't make you feel bad or like oh, you're lucky the church likes you, or like your church has been good to you. I used to hear that a lot. It's a job, which is fine. So yes, I could see myself going back in the ministry, but I wouldn't take a dime. Yeah. You know, from it. Because then it wouldn't ruin it. It would be like, I'm doing this because I want to. That's what I love to do. Exactly.
0: Now that makes sense. Well, I think now, like, especially with a lot of these more, like, not that it has to be a mega church, but just a lot more of these, like, more liberal, like, the kind of stuff that you were preaching back then is, like, a lot more widely accepted now. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so it, it wouldn't it be. Center! Yeah, so wouldn't it wouldn't be as uh, controversial.
1: Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we just watched church service. And they're playing Florida Georgia Line. Oh, my God. The pastor would have had the triple bypass back in the day. Literally. I mean, they're like, ooh, devil's here. All right, but.
0: That's funny. So then you got the boot from the church. They yep, fired you. Yeah, they
1: fired me. Wop, wop. Yep, yep. um,
0: so then we moved out of Burlington, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then we moved. So my grandparents, my dad's parents, lived in Jamison, which is where we live now.
1: One ghetto to another.
0: Yeah, extremely Very. I don't know. I find this story very funny. Like, so where we live, it's pretty much like all cookie cutter houses. Like, one the Toll Brothers have just developed all of <laughs> Johnson and Warrington. So my grandparents, like, we living in a different neighborhood. <laughs> like the house lived in California. My pop pop just picked the exact same house in a different neighborhood. So they lived different neighborhood, yeah. exact same home. And now we live in that house. Mm. Um. So we moved here. My oldest brother, Chris, was a senior in high school. My parents, again, were young, like 35. Um, and then the rest of us were in elementary school, and we moved in with my grandparents. So now there's that six, seven, there's nine of us and four dogs four living villages. in our house now. Yeah. Um, which is just, like, so crazy. Like, we always talk about it. Like, I've lived in every single room in this house besides the master. I lived in the basement. Like, it's just, our house has gone through so many different... It was supposed to be temporary. Yeah. Stages and levels. Um, but anyway, so now coming back, so you decided to go back to school, get your mm-hmm. degree from Temple um, and become a teacher. And like obviously this time around the school was so different for you. Was it just like because you were older and you understood it better or you wanted to be doing it?
1: Yes. and Yes. I mean, I was 30 something or 34 years old with four kids. I was paying. You know, I learned a lot. You figure it out. It wasn't that hard. I always joke if I knew like how easy it was, I would not screwed up the first time. I mean, literally, especially education, love it. But like, you know, I always tell people like, you're not getting this, there's a no problem. <laughs> um, you know, and I was a good writer, I just can't spell. All right, you mm-hmm. know, so I could write, and then your mom's a sweetheart enough to edit, you know. But I would get it done enough times, so if she could edit, it and I could put it out there. Yeah. Um, and then you realize your strengths. You know, I can memorize stuff, give it back to you word for word. So yeah, I didn't have. I figured out this about college, right? It wasn't about if I comprehended it, as long as I could put it back to mm-hmm. you. I get an A. Multiple choice, right? It's not always knowing the answer. It's knowing what's not the answer. You know, I know it's not A. I know it's not B. I know it's not D. I know it's not E. It's got to be C. Right? Yeah. Boom. Um, right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Not, and I was just motivated to get out. And I did well, you know, um,
0: 4.0. Did you go into education just because, like, you were the pastor and it made sense to do education? You didn't I loved working with
1: kids. When I left the church, I went to the high school. Um, I liked the teaching. I always did. Um, so it just was, it's not like a natural, Yeah. you know, um, I just realized I hated being in the classroom with a yeah. passion. Um, I still have, t- I've always taught. It's just, I didn't like that. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So that's when I started looking outside of that, because I couldn't say I'm going to change my major.
2: Yeah. You know, <laughs>
1: womp, womp. That wasn't going to, God, the extra semester i almost got killed. Oh, you know, for All right. Like hmm. you got to do what, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, Oh no, got hit. You know,
2: That's hilarious.
1: um, but no, it was, again, I graduated at 36. Boom. Done. Um, but it was cause I had an interview with the Y the same day I graduated.
0: Oh, that's
1: funny! I yep. did not know that. Yep, in the teens, I was associate sports director. I started schmoozing the CEO as a lifeguard. That's of story. Yeah, um, if we're gonna transition to the YMCA, but yeah, Um
0: Yeah, we will. So, so yeah, at this point, again, we're hearing Jamison. Mm-hmm. We're all p- pretty young. I mean, that's the best part. Is he's literally gone through like nine life stages at this point, and like his youngest kid is in second grade. Like, second grade. we got a lot of time. Um, so then we spent the next 15 years at the Y, which, again, well,
1: good times, good times. We'll keep
0: it uh, PC, but yeah. So I mean, we, me and Katie and Casey, I specifically, like, grew up at the Y. Spent all of our summers there. We've all worked there for many years. All have you know friends or family mm. or fa- coworkers, whatever that we still keep in touch with um, from the Y. And you, you know, have done everything from camps to opening different locations yeah. and, you know, all that development. And so, I mean, I guess just, like, overall, like, what has – what would you say are, like, maybe, like, two, three, four, like, career highlights oh, from Good
1: question. Jeez. Um, uh, redoing the sports camp was huge. Uh, By the second year, we – Tripled the amount of income and changed the whole program and added camps and and such in a sports camp developing that staff um, become the teen sports camp director and Take in the camp to a million-dollar camp uh, Teen leaders because that was one thing I said I when I was a youth pastor I wanted to be the guy in charge of the youth pastor mm-hmm. not to be his boss, but I didn't I mean I did camp I went the youth camps. I went to drove kids cross country for stuff through the dramas. I had the vision, but I wanted someone else. Like, they could be the cool guy. I yeah. had no desire. To be, I didn't have to be the cool guy. And I know some people are like, I don't believe that. Like, if you were close to me, I have no desire. Like, my camp, we our camp staff was like 150. I had no desire to be, like, friends with 150 teenagers. Yeah. They know who worked for me. Really didn't. I had my small group. All right. But I always let our camp our, our camp supervisor, whatever we call him at the time, they could have been the cool guy. And then, um, one. so I say that with the teens. We started Teen Leaders, and the guy I worked with, Pat Kelly, and he took that role and was like, "Here's my vision. Let's make a youth group. We'll call it Teen Leaders," and he got to run with it. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of what do you think of this, one of that. And I said, "This is great," because I didn't want to be that guy on Friday night. I didn't want to go every th- Thursday. He ran. I would show up and talk once in a while. I'd say for the pizza and leave. You know, on Thursdays for Teen Leaders, Teen Dodgeball. It was just like, "Let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Let's build um, this team program." and You know, we had such a good team following that when we were told to make the seventh grade initiative where you gave all seventh graders free memberships, we had the the groundwork done. That was just a bonus, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was like, well, we have 500 seventh graders where no one's staying. And we showed that we had like 15% of them stay, you know, because of the relationships and the the vision that we had. And then our camps, our CIT camps blew up. Mm -hmm. We had over 100 CITs, you know. That was one of the crowning, and it's a shame to me, I look back at all the things I did at the Wire that they let that go. Yeah. They had such a cool outreach, because you had kids from southeast and west coming from all over, like intermingling, you know, doing things community service-wise on Friday nights. We went to Peru twice. We went to Prague. Uh, we hosted them. So I just feel like the team programs, and and then, you know, and I don't have a big personality, but they looked at pa- I feel like Pat. they knew Pat was the guy. Yeah, and I—that's what I was. One of the things I wanted in my career, you know, like here, here's the vision. You now you do the work. Yeah. All right, like I don't go away with you. You know, like mm-hmm. no, thank you. I mean, I went to Peru. I mean, because I wanted to go to Peru. You know, I think that, um, and then coming to senior director, and then the one year we had the preschool where we had like you were there and Daisy and Kristen and like uh, Miss Patty and Miss Sue and some of these other teachers and Julie, and it was just firing. You know, that year it was great. Everyone had good attitudes. You know, you talk about money. You made so much money. We really blew it away. Everything was great. I felt like that was like the crowning of the preschool. Yeah. You know, there. Um, And then I say, lastly, I mean, Warminster was hell working in Warminster, being badged to Warminster Community Park, you know, and being like, I remember that it was like January when I first got there. It was coldest, old cold. And the CEO, the CFO, and the CEO, we drove to Ant's Choice to meet with them. And they're all like, whatever. Because God forbid you meet with CEO of Ant's Choice without like the three amigos, like, (laughs) on there. Because, you know what? God forbid, right? you know, they dropped me off. They're like, we're just going to keep planning. Like, why without walls? And I'm thinking, who's weak? Yeah. All right. And I remember they left and I said, I'm getting out of here. Because I was in this little rinky dinky place and no one liked me. I mean, literally, I was like, you had to be there all day. Long story short, I was like, I'm getting out. And literally a year to a the day, would they open that, that storefront. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, I, I knew what I had to do. It was like, this is where it's like, you don't know the business. I do a business more than anybody. I got my board together, worked them, you know, mm-hmm. spread the vision, you know, to where they, they they bought in, did the paperwork they bought in, worked the community with the Rotary and the Chamber, and, like, anyone who would listen, tell the story. There's partners with the schools. Had a kick-ass camp in Warminster the season before. That's another achievement, all right? Destroyed it. Almost, they were sweating in Doylestown. I don't care what he says, uh, how well we were doing in Warminster. I was like, I can't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. It was like,
1: well, who do you think did it in Doylestown? All right? And then they opened that up, and then they, they took it away, which was fine, but it was kind of like, boom. You know, like, all right, see ya. And now they're, like, opening in the pool or whatever. It's like, there you go. So I would say those things, you know, in the relationships that you make. I still talk to Pat, you know, Kristen, obviously, Steph, um, Daisy, you know, of course, you know, different people, like, you know, you worked with that you keep those relationships. Malcolm will, like, hit me up on DM or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Classic himself, you know, and I think I think that that's, you know, pretty cool. So I say those were the highlights of relationships, but also... Be able to do that and be able to say, like, you know what, I had about seven, you know, seven million dollars worth of, of yeah. budget that we exceeded and kicked butt, you know.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's one of those, it's like any nonprofit, you know, where it's kind of like a lot of the achievements end up just kind of getting buried because all that money just is obviously going back into the organization. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily, they're not pushing out, oh, we made eight million dollars yes. this year, right? So it's just like going back. And so I think. It is a lot of those things where you have to, like, kind of step back and be like, oh, wow. Like, we really did all these different things and just all the different growth and the people that, you know, you kind of helped.
1: we even like, with the second grade war in Warmaster, Partners thing with the school district, right? So I was like, why don't we just, swim t- we got a grant. Why don't we just swim test the whole school district? Yeah. And knowing that this, the superintendent was on board. You know, and it's just funny now because the Y runs with, this is what we do. And it's like, they were all fighting, like, up to that point. Yeah. But being able to, like, do those partnerships, you know, it is what it is.
0: Well, I, and I think that's something that will, like, always, at least for me just watching it on the outside, like, will always just, like, be so unique. It's just, like, all of those different, like, initiatives that were pushed out. Like, now seeing the why, like, you know, even though we don't really have any connection to any of, you know, their things anymore, like, even just driving by and being like, oh, you know, we used to pop flyers and mailboxes mm-hmm. and just, like, really seeing something from, You know, the ground up, which obviously we can see with the company now, but there is just something about, like, looking out at summer camp and seeing hundreds of kids there and be like, oh, we've been there Mm. from the beginning, you know, and, like, you can sing the Dorito song and, like, we were there when the Dorito song Mm. came to fruition, you know, and I was just a kid and, like, you obviously were there in charge of everyone, so I'm sure it's a lot, you know, more meaningful Mm. to you, but...
1: Yeah, when well, Casey worked there two summers ago, and they were like, "Tell us about Camp Dakota." I was like, "Camp Dakota!" Yeah, you know. So, but anyway, that's that's what it is, you know.
0: No, yeah, it's just it's interesting, and I feel like it. It's interesting because it was obviously such a. I don't even have the right adjective to describe the why for you, but I guess it's like a bittersweet experience.
1: Well, it's better now than it was two years ago, but it's fine. I learned a lot, made a lot of connections, and I'm still keeping those connections, especially in Warminster. Yeah. You know, like, I'm still known as the Y guy, and, you know, I haven't been at the Y for, like, totally. two years. It's still like, oh, the Y guy. Like, no, that's not me. That's, I don't even know where they're at. You know, like. Yeah. Can you give me the rates? I think, no. I, 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 I really <laughs>
0: cannot.
1: can't. cannot. And I have my shirt on, crowd running, you know.
0: Yeah, so then let's touch on that. So, obviously, you left the Y. April. Again, 2018. April. 2018.
1: It was a cold, dark Monday. I have no idea what day it was, but, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I remember we went to, I remember we went to Nashville, I'm sure we talked about this, but we went to Nashville, and then...
1: I came back on that Tuesday, and I was
0: like... Yeah, I was like, homie, you got to go. I like, that That trip had its own ups and downs. Anyways, but I just was like, yeah, you got to go. But anyways, so you left the Y, and then, you know, obviously have been, you know, with the company and, you know, the past two years, you know... Personally, it's just been, you know, you and Bubba and Mom here, and obviously I'm back now, but I guess in the past, like, two years, like I would say this is, like, the running company has obviously been, like, the next stage of your life. So, obviously, like, young, and then you had the Marines, and you had Temple the first time, then you had the young kids, then you had the Y, and now this is, like, you turned 50, then you kind of entered this, like, next stage with all adult Puppies. kids, you got a new round of doges. Puppies!
1: She's sitting and, right here by me. Sleeping, by the way, that's why like the doges are and Kate and Dexter's over here just all snuggled up, so
0: yeah. And then, like, a new job, like, what has like this next stage of life? Um,
1: well, at first, it sucked just from you know, you leave a job you're at for so long, you know, and you can't help but think, like, that. what I wanted to go, it was done, I was done with there, you know, when I walked yeah. out of there, I had no regrets. When I left the church, it was like, what did I do? What did I do? When I left that place, I had no regrets mm-hmm. um, as far as things said, done, or whatever, because they played so many games over the years. And that's a whole different like, talk. I left out of there going, but I just remember being like, now what? Or what am I going to do? But the thing was, it wasn't even like Casey was around. He was working. Mm-hmm. Your mom was in New York. You didn't live there. Katie was married. It was just like, holy crap, Like, what do I do? So I had a lot of time on my, myself. And it was kind of like the pressure where you said you want to start a running company? And it was like, so I had to run like every day. You know, I had to, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm running every day. Um, which, wasn't, which wasn't good because, you know, it was like, I don't know what I'm doing or I got to do this. Yeah. You know, I remember I'm running with John Benson. He's like, how you got to make money? And I'm like, bullshitting him, like, making stuff up. <laughs> I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that that was hard. And I had my neck issue at the time. So it was just a double whammy of like, man, this just, this just sucks. You know? And then it's like, oh, my neck hurts. You know, what am I going to... It was just very, like... Boom, you know, stuff. Um, then I think, you know, during the summer, it was like, all right, what are we going to do? I'm like, we need a launch party. And I don't know where I heard that. But I'm like, I think if I had a launch party or something, I could really, like, it would signify this what we're going to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so we picked January because I got my neck, like, worked out, stuff on. Cause I was feeling better. Kind of had an idea I wanted to do. Then you got me the book, The Art of the Start. And it really gave me a month to read it. And it really, like, and let me back up things really like changed when I started volunteering at the school and started working with the kids again. Mm-hmm. All right. I really enjoyed that. There was no pressure. I didn't take any money. So I was like, I'm just doing it. So I was going to do winter track, but I run the art of the start and that's where the running relationships and venture. It was like, you need to figure out what you want to do. And it had all these different things. I highly recommend it for, you know, entrepreneurs. And there's some stuff you can skip over if you need to, but um social media, blah, blah, blah. But it was really like, okay, this is what I need to focus on. And I remember this from the, I didn't acknowledge it because we heard it. But I was like, here's your, your no longer mission statement, but the three things that you work is, if it doesn't fall in those, what are you doing it for? Don't waste your time on all this. Um, and it was like, okay, make the launch party that much easier. We're ready to go. You know, we had the broad street lined up and did a lot of things with Warwick. So that was just a transition to be like, Okay, this, my life doesn't well, really suck, but boom, let's go. Went to New York a couple of times, but
2: yeah. you
1: know, with the dog, the two dogs, like you can't go, yeah. you know, all the time. But I think that's what was the turning point of, like I started getting over things like, because I never felt like, why, how can they go on without me? But I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, um, I, sh- I guess it was more guilt, like I should feel bad, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because they really didn't have any more, like, close people at
0: yeah. the Yeah, no, I.
1: Um, but then January started, and it was full force because Broad Street hit. Love Run hit. I... This January, or
0: last January?
1: Last January. Then, yeah, because I had Steph doing the Love Run, and I did it. Then Broad Street, we had yeah. 10 people. You know, we did Cherry Blossom. Then it was like, we're going to do the Ultra, so I did the Waco. You know and, and but it was just a lot of like momentum and then i picked up people well, we transitioned to monthly memberships mm-hmm. and then we had marine corps and i was going to chicago and and we had a lot of momentum so yeah. i think that just helped to be like okay you're seeing success because i had a plan i had a vision i had yeah, a, whatever focused. so um but a transition into where we're at now and it's like using all that stuff i learned at the y and at the church you know but the nice thing is you know there's no one to piss off but me yeah all right and, you know, you learn and you get older, but it's kind of like, you know what, you don't have to worry about being like, you know what, if that member quit, having the, the everyone coming down on you because that member quit.
2: Yeah. And you're
1: like, hey, can you explain to me why someone so quit? And you're like, it's 60 bucks, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day. Or like, why that didn't go? Well, that program, you said you were going to make $1,000, like, budget-wise. You yeah. wake up. You said you were going to make $1,000 taking people to wake up. It doesn't happen. But it's, oh, okay. You know, so I think I love that freedom, and I don't think I could ever go back unless I had to you know to another opportunity
0: no you know unless
1: someone can offer me a lot of money
0: you were never made to work for somebody no that's
1: true you know um even about running come summer camps i mean i've had like you should go run a summer camp and you know some people have reached out about running a summer camp and i was like i don't know if you don't run the damn summer
2: camp
0: no it's you know it's too hard one when you go into business for yourself and then you're just like then the thought of having to report to somebody else but like your biggest thing has always been like I mean, you are you, and you are a personality, and it's obviously good for what it is, and you've found a lot of success, but that's it definitely ruffles some feathers along the way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think you've obviously found, like, the perfect spot for where you're in now. You've worked for many different people mm-hmm. in many different situations, and a lot of them toxic, and that's not your fault, but you also, like, don't thrive in a toxic environment. Nobody does, Well, no, but... who does,
1: right? Or, like, well, that's not the way we do it. But yeah. we want you to make... That was the thing like, say at the Y or other place. We want you to make the same amount of money, right? But don't do it our, don't do it your way. Which was I'm not saying wrong, it was still the Y way or whatever. No, you need to do it someone else's way. But it's like, but that's not it's not gonna work. That's yeah. why their camp model started to go down, because they took the guy with the vision and the team to do it. That's why warmths are so successful. It, you know, it's still my vision. And they tried, oh no, we're gonna do this. And that's why you saw it like culturally go Yeah. Down or like the church, oh, why do all the kids leave the youth group? Because you're taking the guy with the vision for the youth fire and getting rid of them. Yeah. Right. And that's why you go, that's, see, crows running. It's hard to start the New York chapter, you know, because everybody wants, yeah, because they're facing the franchise, right?
2: Definitely. And other
1: people are great, but it's like, oh no, I signed up for I yeah. want that crazy mo that dude right there. You mm-hmm. know, that, that dude's crazy. And his daughter like making fun of him. All right. Or this one of those kids rolling their eyes because like.
0: Yeah. So then just to kind of close this out. So, you know, you were going to be coming on, closing out the second year of the business. You know, thirty years of marriage. I'll be you're fifty one. You know, in theory, maybe as kids, I'll move out this year. Like, what is there any other big goals or big check things that you know you're looking forward to in this next kind of phase, or you're just happy with how things are? No,
1: I mean, I really want to. I always said I want to sell the business for thirty nine point five million dollars. All
0: right. So specific.
1: You know, um, I mean, I'll take like four. I'm just saying. all right? Um,
0: Thirty-nine or four.
1: <laughs> look, some shit. Someone wants me forty-four million dollars. All right, you sell your last name. You damn right I would. I'm 51 years old. Um, you know, I want to see how far we can go with this because it's not. That's the thing. You're like, you have a running club. No, I have a running company. All right, and it encompasses so much more than just running. You know, it's about the relationship. So when we're running through Philly that nine-mile sightseeing tour, I'm like, here's an opportunity that we can do something to make. And it's not you're making money. Yes, yeah, because we're a business. All right. But really, seeing the joy—I mean, like, do we do to San Diego next year? Can we pull off literally going to San Diego, or I'm not spending my, my way, all right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, to that, or is it like run the rim the rim in, in the Grand Canyon with people? Like, like, how far can we take this to where it's not just the running, it's the relationships, it's the—you know—is the adventure like running from here to there and like celebrating at the end, you know, and getting people healthy and and seeing that turnaround? with people is it like building your own youth cross-country program you know towards not just oh it's a money maker but you're seeing those kids get a lifelong passion you know for whatever is it Crails running in virginia with sarah and then another here i mean how far can we push this yeah you know to go and i know it's pissing people off in the running community but i don't know why i'm being honest with that one like what do you give a rat's ass you know like that somebody else is coming along like who are they like what do you what what do you people like even care you yeah. know like we're not stealing anybody like it's so weird to me but that's like i'm like How far can we we go with this? You know, um, I think that's the excites me, you know, every day to see, you know, how far we can we can push and to see people like wearing our logo. You know, and even that the logo is made by someone that I coached in in um, soccer that you're very good friends with, you know, and all those ties. So, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, definitely exciting. I definitely think, you know. Hearing like I obviously not everyone's gonna sit here and know like all these things about you So I definitely think to anyone that's involved in the company or in the future or just might not even be a runner. Just kind of listen to this Mm -hmm. Like I definitely think it's always you know interesting just to kind of unpeel the Turn a little bit and yeah the
1: layers and yeah, I don't know It's like one of those things like if you have a passion now I'm fortunate enough to where your mom has a good job. All right, cuz I can't I'm not gonna make any money all right right now but you know, if you have a passion, you have the time and it's the opportunity, I say go for it. Yeah. You know, because I know what the why doing these running clubs and the running camps and blah, blah, like, you know, it was cool and I kept my salary, but it was like, you know, it's neat to see them still going. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if you have a passion and you want to go for it, you know, I tell you, I tell your sister and I tell everybody, like, now's the time to be an entrepreneur.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, go for it. You know, you got nothing to lose. It's, you know, not like you're taking on business loans. So, um, you know, and we're running and we're gunning and, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: It's going to be great. And we're doing a podcast. Bam!
0: Yeah, we're going to try to become TikTok famous too.
1: TikTok famous. 39.5 million. I sell it all.
0: Yeah, that'll be the follower count.
1: And you don't get a
2: dime. All
0: right, right, well, this is our episode today on my dad, Kevin. Um, Obviously, we heard a little bit about him. If you have any other questions or want him to talk about anything more, always feel free to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook at Crails Running, or go to our site at Crails Running Dot com and we will talk to y'all next time
1: bouncing